0: the michael duke show i have two guns one for
1: each of you but, 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 firearms friday as thomas jefferson stated it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed You'll be at all times armed. Say hello
0: to my dear i say
2: that the second amendment is in order of importance the first amendment the right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all
3: And their arms shall not be infringed. Not be in fridge. Firearms.
4: From my cold, dead hands.
3: Friday.
4: Hey, my rifle, my gun. This
3: is for, fighting, for Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. That one day a week where we get a chance to... Put our put our hair down, I guess. And uh, do we? Is it is it relaxing? I is it is it relaxing? I don't know. It's um, it's it's kind of soothing in a way. Um, I used to call uh, I used to talk about firearms Friday as my weekly therapy session. Um, and maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the case. Uh, maybe that's uh, that's how I look at it. Still, I just I get a chance to relax and uh, uh, talk about an issue that is very important to me. And um, I uh, I don't know. I just it just it feels like the wrap up for the week. That's what it feels like at the end of the day. Um, and it's good. Uh, Daniel in the chat room this morning uh, over on Facebook, where you can find us uh, every morning at Facebook.com slash Show slash live, if you want to join the simulcast. That's where our our chat room is. He said, at first, I wanted five days of Alaskan politics. I'm assuming at first when he started to listen to me here on the program. And he said, now I look forward to decelerating on Firearms Friday. So, good deal. Good deal. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I look forward to that where we can just kind of let the rest of it go and just have a just have a good old you know think of it that, you know you ever see that well maybe maybe you didn't have this in your hometown or maybe you've only seen it in Mayberry or whatever but you know the picture of the good old guys uh, hanging out around the uh, hanging out around the the, uh, the the pot-bellied stove in the general store or something like it's just like that the old guys uh, doing it to it Um and uh, it's uh, it's it's good stuff. Uh, it's I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, all right. Uh, so what do we got today on the program? Um, well, we uh, we're going to talk about some headlines. I don't have any guests today, other than our, of course our friend Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. He's going to be. Um, He's going to, get, going to be coming on board with us here uh, later this morning, and we will be talking about the entertainment news for the day. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of the show is going to be just um, just us hanging out, talking, chatting, news headlines, phone calls, chit chat. I think is what I said in the description of the uh, chit chat is what I is what I called it uh, because I just that's that's how I feel today. It's been an exhausting week um, and I mean not just because of the show not just because of politics I've got a lot of other things got a lot of other things going on um, but uh, yeah I, I, I I'm I'm just exhausted and so I thought well you know why not? We'll talk about—let's just talk about guns and firearms and your thoughts, and, and uh, let's breeze through some of this. i got to tell you, we're going to talk about some of the new things, including, including a trio of Democratic senators who have unveiled a federal gun licensing bill. Oh, you know their names. Senator Cory Booker, Robert Mendez, and Richard Dick Blumenthal. Oh, dick. Uh, They have created a uh, new—they were introducing new legislation that um, would require a gun license for every citizen. And this is not just like um, a—this is so unconstitutional— so unconstitutional. I mean it, it. It flies in the face of Heller and McDonald. Not to mention whatever the Supreme Court is about to drop on us next month. It is. <clears throat> it is totally unconstitutional. Anyway, we're going to. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and more. Uh, so there's lots of stuff to discuss, but. As always on Friday, when uh, we open up the phone lines, which I suppose we should do right now, uh, your phone calls reign supreme, and so we'll take some calls from around the uh, state and around the country. Quite honestly, uh, we got people calling in from all over the country, talking about things. Uh, draconian is that the, the is that the uh, what we're calling this? Yes, the the new bill from Cory Booker and Dick Blumenthal would be. Uh, Draconian, if it allowed to go through. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, let's go ahead and uh, check the phone lines to see what's going on. We'll start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Stotts Fute. This is Brady from Las Vegas. Brady, what's up? Oh, I'm just going to give you my favorite uh, World War II weapon of the week. I'm going to go with the
1: Russian SKS. I have a 1952 model with the blade bayonet on it. I absolutely love that gun. It is made with the Russian tiger wood that you cannot get anymore. It's extinct wood, and if you can find one of them guns right now, it's worth about two thousand dollars.
3: SKS's do make. Uh, they do make handy dandy little rifles. That's for sure. Easy to shoot, easy to carry, and uh, and pretty foolproof. So definitely, uh, and and they're still reasonably inexpensive well i mean i haven't tried to buy one in the last three or four years but you know three or four years ago they were reasonably reasonably inexpensive compared to a lot of other ones so yeah not a not a bad little rifle to have for sure
1: and my my other that caliber also is the ak caliber my favorite ak is the bulgarian slr 95 i bought it years back probably about 20 years ago for 800 bucks
3: and i just looked today it's over seven thousand. wow well, there you go. You you got it has the muzzle brake on it. You picked a good one at that point. My favorite AK is the uh, Yugo, Yugo M seventy underfolder, the Yugoslavian M seventy underfolder. I just love that little rifle. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they make they make some good, solid, uh, you know, uh, rifles for sure. <laughs> so thank you, Brady, for right sounding off with your uh, favorite rifle this morning. We appreciate it. Have a good day. Uh, all right uh 433 433-3150, if you'd like to say yeah sure favorite rifles favorite guns sure favorite firearm story sure favorite first time you went out and uh, <clears throat> first time you went off and uh, and had a you know got got to go shooting with your with your folks or your friends or your relatives sure whatever you want to talk about come on down and uh let's uh let, let's let's get let's get down to it um, Harold says in the chat room, "We're actually thinking of tracing out an escape route out of Anchorage in case Putin goes mental and sends off a nuclear missile." Well, here's the bad news. If um, I mean, I don't want to be doom and gloom or anything, but um, if 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 he sends off a nuclear missile to say target, well, I don't know, Jay Bear, since it's the closest thing to it, you probably won't have to worry much about that. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying, most of Anchorage and most of the uh, K'nick Arm and all that. I mean, I can see Jay Bear from my house, literally across the Knik Arm. Um, you probably won't have to worry much about it, Harold, at that point, if that's the case. Um, all right. <clears throat> let's see what. Uh, let's see what story I want to. What what story do I want to pick up on today? Um. At first, when I read the headline of this story, um, I thought – my first thought when I read the headline of this story was, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Because the headline of the story is, mom charged after gun discharges in kids' backpack. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's uh, – well, that's weird. Um, you know, that's that's kind of – that's, you know – Come on, why would you put a gun in your kid's back? So then I read the story <clears throat> a, little, um, a little further along. Story coming out of ABC News um, in uh, Chicago. And it says, the mother of a Chicago student faces child endangerment charges after the student brought a loaded gun to school in a backpack and the weapon accidentally discharged. It occurred at the Walt Disney Magnet School on the north side of Chicago shortly before 10 a.m. on Tuesday. According to the police department, the weapon accidentally discharged in the backpack while inside a classroom. The bullet struck the ground and ricocheted, resulting in a classmate being grazed in the abdomen. He was taken to the local hospital in good condition. Following the incident, Tatiana... 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 Tatanina Tatanina Kelly, 28, was charged with three misdemeanor counts of child endangerment. Now, she's got no criminal record or anything else. And I guess the biggest question is, how, how did the kid get the gun? I mean, Chicago and Illinois does have safe storage laws. I mean, so they mean that they require you to safely store your firearm and everything else. But this was a magnet school that is from pre-K to 8th grade. So what's the oldest they could be if they're in 8th grade? Is that, uh, what is that, 13, 14, 13? Um, She's 28. So, I mean, I can't imagine the child is much older than 13 or 14. Um, So, I mean, I have questions. I have questions about this. But anyway, the bottom line is is the, the article goes on to uh, lament the fact that you know uh, that you know kids could have been hurt and everything else. And Tom Knighton over at Bearing Arms is uh, a little upset about he's really not okay with the parent being responsible because sometimes you can't. I mean, you could look at the whole thing with the um, uh, Connecticut um, Newtown shooter, right? That he, you know, killed his mother, but you know, got into the thing, killed his, killed his mother, got, got into the safe, everything else. I don't know. I, you know, this, this, this is gonna come down to eat, to you knowing each one of your children. That's what that's what this story is going to come down on. This it's going to come down on knowing each one of your children and each one of their, you know, their proclivities. Are they troubled? Are they, you know, whatever. And yeah, I think it would behoove you to know. To have, you know, your guns to know where they are now, whether that means a gun safe or a trigger lock or whatever it is. It's kind of a responsibility, even even though these kids are you know, becoming adults and they're responsible in part for their actions, you may have to go through a little inconvenience sometimes to make sure that those things are secure, because in this day and age, you just don't know what these kids are learning or seeing At school, what kind of, you know, you've got to really know what's going on. Um, I mean, I never had a gun safe for years. It was years that I didn't have a gun safe. Um, And in fact, until just recently before I moved down here, Uh, I didn't, I never had a, never had a gun safe. But I never worried about it because I knew my children and because I had things stored separately and I did, you know, I did what I could do to make it happen. But I don't know. So, again, when I read this first thing, I thought, oh, this is just, you know, some stupid woman did something, you know, she took her, put her put her gun in the kid's backpack or, you know, whatever, you know, just stupid people doing stupid things. Turns out, may not have been that. Uh, So, it's given me some food for thought this morning. So, I thought I would throw it out to you and let you think about it as well. Um, All right, we're coming up on the break and the phone lines are open now. So, if you'd like to sound off. Uh let's uh let's let's get the conversation started at 433-3150. Again, Willie Waffle coming up in hour two. We'll continue the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio.
4: live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on, the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and
3: MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm all for charging parents," says Gary. When a child gets a weapon and harms anybody, this is 100% the parents' fault. Like the parents who Poughkeepsie, uh, Poughkeepsie, they um, got a, they got a, like parents who Poughkeepsie and pistol for their teen. Like the people in Poughkeepsie who got a pistol for their kid. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is directly uh, related. I, I think, I think that there is some responsibility as a parent and as a gun owner to make sure. That, you know, and whether it is a child bringing a gun to school for show and tell or other reasons, or whether it is a child who brings their friends over to the house and then one of them ends up getting shot because they're monkeying around with your firearms. Right. I mean, there is a that that right there is. Oh, got it. Um, that is the that, that is the thing. I mean, you, you must take responsibility for your firearms and knowing that it is secure in one way or the other. Uh, the notorious mass murderer Sam Hyde just broke out of prison this morning. Really? I why have I never heard of Sam Hyde? American comedian created a sketch comedy? No. <laughs> I guess that's is that a meme? Is that a meme? I don't know, I don't I don't see anything about it. Um, the two t- comedian gunman copied Christians' plagiarized manifestos. Okay, it's a meme. Okay, sorry Andrew, I, you know I I see something like that and I'm like what catches my attention. It's a meme. Got it. Figured it out. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, I was, for, I was talking about uh, taking responsibility. Uh, because, you know, that's the thing. Anytime we see this accidental discharge thing, it's negligence, right? 99 times out of 100, unless it is some kind of mechanical malfunction with a firearm, generally speaking, it is negligence. You broke one of the rules of firearm safety. You know, you had your finger on the trigger. You had it pointed in the wrong direction. You didn't treat it as if it was loaded. Yada, yada, yada. And in the case of some of these kids and some of these tragic stories about these children who, you know, bring their friend over and then they're going to show them daddy's cool gun, blah, blah, blah. That's because you didn't secure the firearm. I mean, that's, that's, that's going, that's right there. Um. Anyway, uh, but asking what is going on in your local public schools is none of your business and will get you tagged as a terrorist, said Brian. I said because you know you had to follow, you had to keep track of what your kids were doing uh and you're you're not wrong again, reason number two hundred and sixteen why I homeschooled all my kids, Brian. this' just right there, that's right there. Um, Illinois makes it super difficult to own any gun. Oh yeah, no, absolutely., um, but not a place that I would want to live uh, and watch all that stuff happen for sure. But definitely not a, definitely not a uh, freedom loving state. Uh, that is that that is the fact. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so you guys feel free this morning to uh, sound off. And uh, give us a shout if you'd like. Uh, you can uh, dial up at nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. If you want to drop me an email, in fact, Rick had dropped me the story yesterday about the um, about the firearms, uh, the new firearms law that is being introduced. Um, I had uh, I'd already caught it from a couple other sources, but it was nice that Rick uh, Rick was thinking of me. Rick sent me a. Uh, an email about it This is the triple threat from uh, Cory Booker uh, Mendes and uh, Dick Good old Dick uh, Blumenthal And we will, uh, we'll have a conversation about that here When we get back to the radio So we're about to rejoin uh, Make sure you like and follow the show Make sure oh, Make sure that you subscribe and ring the bell On YouTube That was my reminder that we're about to rejoin And we will continue The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, G. Bob, howdy! Welcome back to the program this morning. We're continuing. It is Firearms Friday, and it is Gun Q and A all day. That's questions and answers. There is no such thing as a dumb gun question. We will try to answer. Um, we will try to answer all of your calls, questions. You know, doesn't matter how many times we've answered it before. The whole point of Firearms Friday was to help demystify the firearm and to, you know, kind of counteract some of the numb scullery that we see in the day na- in the news media and some of the just the misinformation that gets pumped out around there uh, all the time. So we would love to uh, you know we'd love to hear from you, uh, we'd love to hear from you on anything that you want to throw at us. You could also drop us an email. The email address is me at Michael Show. Uh, dot com. That's m e at Michael Dukes Feel free to uh, drop us a line and let's uh, um, let's let's continue the conversation. How about that? That's what it's all about. Um, all right. <clears throat> so uh, this story which uh, I'm gonna get into, well, I guess in just a second because I just I see a phone call is just appearing on the uh, on the phone system. So the story that I'm going to take care of after I get done with the uh, after I get done with the caller is in discussion of this new federal gun licensing bill, uh, which, again, I think is just more about anything else. This is just more virtue signaling. From some of the pro uh, pro gun control Democrats who are trying to pander to their base, I think that's exactly what this is all about. I get the feeling like they had this waiting in the wings for the next uh, act of violence to break into the news so that they can then put it forward and say, look we're we're actually doing something on this uh, but we'll get into the details of that here in just a second let's uh, let's go back to the phones and uh, see what's going on. Uh, 3150 Good morning. Who's this? Where you calling from? Good morning. Good morning.
0: This is, this is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley.
3: Well, hello, Rattles. What's on your mind, sir? Long time no hear.
0: Last week, a caller called in there, and he said, he was from the Midwest somewhere, and he said guns are a tool, and they're just used for killing. They kill animals or people. Well, I disagree with him fully. That's not right. Here the other year, I had a 55-gallon drum that I used for a garbage can along the highway. Okay. And uh, it's one of them ones that has a lid on the top of the ring it snaps on. Right. Well, I didn't have the lid more nothing, but I didn't want that thing holding water. So I grabbed my thirty-eight and went pow, pow, pow right through the bottom of it five, six times so the water drains out of it. Right. Now, I could have got out the electric drill and would have wasted more time and... And you know, and fooling around with that. But that that 38 did a beautiful job of putting a couple of holes in the bottom of that barrel.
3: Yeah. No. So, sometimes it's the right tool and, for and the then job. And I,
0: I had a, a, a cable with a with a padlock on, a master padlock on it was locked. And I wanted to use that cable, but I didn't know the combination of that lock, so I hung it on my wood pile. I grabbed my 20 gauge shotgun, I put a slug in there, and I benched that shotgun and, didn't move that thing at all. I touched that trigger off and totally just blew the dead center of that lock right out of there. Like,
3: you couldn't imagine perfect. No, I mean. Now there you are. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and and my response to him last week, and it was a very interesting call. I enjoyed the call for sure uh, because that's how he started out the call. Uh, He started out the call that guns are for killing. And I pointed out that guns are actually used to deter crimes more often than they are, than they're used to perpetrate crimes, especially violent crimes. So you're right. I mean, the purpose of the firearm is ultimately it can take a life, whether it's for hunting or defense or anything else. But a lot of times, the presence of the firearm itself is a deterrent. It doesn't require the killing. Sometimes it's the implicit threat of the killing uh, that, is, uh, that is good. But yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. There are other options. Uh, for using your firearm as a tool that have nothing to do with killing. Sometimes you just need a bunch of holes, right?
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> I heard this. This is good. My one neighbor says, Yeah, I quit shooting them little squirrels with my 22. I says, How come? He says, Well, he says it's easier and cheaper to buy insulation. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's true. That that is probably true right there. (laughs) And that's when you start shooting them with 410s, just because it's easier and cheaper. All right, Rattles. Well, hey, thank you for your call. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, calling in. It's cheaper to buy insulation than it is to buy bullets to kill the squirrels. That's pretty much true. That is pretty, pretty much true. uh Anthony in the chat room says, this man has ascended. His bullet game is out there in 2040 uh, while we're still here in 2022. Bottle had a top on it, just pulled out the 22 and bam, bam, cold beer. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you got the tools and the talent. Uh, That's what it's all about. Uh, but you know, look, I mean, last we we had that uh we had that call last week and I really enjoyed the call because again, it started out, I think, um, as a kind of a backhanded snarky call about, you know, maybe he wasn't really anti-gun, but he had some points and um and, but as we went through, I, I stretched the conversation out. I wanted to keep him engaged because to me, it was an interesting conversation. Uh, I mean, I love having people agree with me. Don't get me wrong. I mean, who doesn't? But at the same time, I wanted, you know, I wanted to engage him on that. And uh, when that was his first comment, was that, of course, you know, firearms are, are really only meant to kill, um, you know, that may be the ultimate expression of what they do in the long run. But it's, you know, like I said, it's like a fire extinguisher or a smoke detector. You know, you don't have them because you expect your house to burn down. You have them in case your house burns down. Same thing with a firearm. I don't expect to have to use it, but I have it in case I need to use it. And there have been many, many, many instances. Uh, and, in fact, uh, the um, the Gary, it wasn't Gary Gleck, it was the... Uh, it was Gary Glick. The defensive gun use study that he did that showed that the median usage of firearms in prevention of a crime is somewhere around the two million times a year mark. Two million times a year. Crimes are—and the vast majority of those crimes were—the gun was never used. That's, that's how it worked. I mean, it was the mere presence of a firearm. A firearm got drawn. in fact, there's a story— um up uh, right now um in um where was this at this was on bearing arms a florida man is facing charges after whipping out a knife during a confrontation with another motorist and the concealed carry holder who was threatened by the man is getting praise from the local sheriff for his de-escalation the flagger county uh, sheriff's office released a video of the incident which shows 50-year-old Rafael Vincent Rivera holding a knife in his hands as he argues with a couple over being cut off in traffic. The motorcyclist uh, has on a pair of brass knuckles but isn't threatening Rivera in any way. Instead, as the three jaw and cuss at one another, Rivera stepped aggressively toward the, the victim and began slashing his knife at him. Only then did the victim draw his lawfully carried firearm and demanded that Rivera back away. In the video, Rivera can be seen swinging at the man and then proceeds to swing the knife at him. In response, the guy pulls out the gun. Rivera then backs away, proceeds to call 911, and tells the 911 operator, I just had a gun pulled on me. Um, So there's a couple lessons here. There's a couple lessons here. First and foremost, the minute that he pulled the gun on him, he backed up. So he didn't pull the gun and shoot him. He just pulled the gun. Again, the mere presence of the firearm is a deterrent from violent crime continuing because the guy was slashing at it with a knife. Second of all, it also reminds me that if you get into situations like this, it's probably always good to you. You have a thousand dollar camera in your pocket, right? I mean, you go. Everybody's got their cell phones. You probably should just immediately start recording what's going on. Because this becomes a he said, she said, or he said, he said kind of thing. Um, And um, the man's wife responded, you swiped your knife and I have it on camera. And once the deputies arrived and reviewed the footage as well as talking to the witnesses, Rivera was taken into custody and not for the first time, according to the sheriff's post on Facebook. He has four previous stints in the county jail on felony and misdemeanor theft and trespassing charges Although this appears to be his first arrest for violent crime, he's now facing charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And it all could have been avoided if Rivera had simply kept himself under control because it was a little bit of a road rage incident. And by the way, road rage incidents are on the rise across the country and, um, and, and gun control advocates have been quick to blame the increase on the spike in gun sales. Of course it is. Now that, that, the case, this case is, shows that that's not, it's, again, it's the, not the tool, but it's the person responsible. The knife didn't make Rivera swing on the man uh, who allegedly cut him off in traffic, et cetera, et cetera. But again, just, just a tool. So, uh, yeah. So this, this man from Florida, Rafael Vincent Rivera is going to be in the hoscow for a little bit after this road rage incident. Um, and, uh yeah but but again, it just proves again to me this is just another incident where he's got a knife and he's gonna threaten somebody, and a lawful concealed carry holder is able to present his firearm and force him to back down again a tool but yes, I mean there again there is an implicit threat there uh there, there I mean there's an implicit threat with a firearm. But it is it is that that it he never he never had to shoot anybody, nothing else. The mere presence of the firearm ended up stopping the crime in in the long run. And yes, I know it's a huge shocker that this took place in Florida. I mean <laughs> you know Florida man. all the stories coming out of Florida, why would you want to live there? I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, All right. Well, we're coming up on the break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about this. uh, We're going to talk about this new law that Cory Booker and uh, Mendez and good old Dick want to uh, try and put put in your cap there. We're going to uh, continue here in just a second. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this.
4: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: I mean, we could say that the gun is the, you know, the gun is the tool. um, And the tool is, you know... I mean, you could just say it's a tool that makes a hole. Now, where you make the hole is a whole different story, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's it's a it's a it's a tool that makes a hole. Where you where you put the hole is totally on you at this point. Did I see the official post about the soldier who got mauled? I did not see the official post. Uh, I'd be interested to see it for sure. We're always courteous on the road. Yeah, absolutely. It should be legally required to carry a firearm in Florida. I read an article a year or two ago where a dude robbed a fast food joint with a live alligator. No joke. (laughs) (laughs) Only in Florida. (laughs) Only in Florida. Man robs McDonald's with live alligator. News at 11. Um. All right. Uh I'd love to hear uh, love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. Feel free to type it up in the chat room to drop me an email, the email address me at michaeldukeshow.com, which is right here. No, here. I guess I put my hand. Where do I put my hand? Right here. It's all in reverse for me. Sorry, right there. Right there. Me at michaeldukeshow.com. Um or anywhere else you'd like to go. Um, okay. Let me go back on some of the comments here. <clears throat> check your email, sir. I will check my email. See if I can get the, oh, here's the bear, here's the statement. Uh, two soldiers were involved in a defensive brown bear attack while assessing an area in preparation for land navigation training at J-Bear when the SMs accidentally approached a bear den. A South cubs attacked two soldiers inflicting fatal injuries across uh, uh, upon the staff sergeant. The sergeant uh, maintained, or sustained minor flesh wounds, but after subsequently failing, falling into a fetal position, resulted in the bear no longer perceiving him as a threat. The staff sergeant was pronounced deceased by EMS. Uh, facts. The staff sergeant was in possession of a personal firearm at the time of the attack, but a- unable to utilize the weapon due to limited reaction time and intensity of the attack. He also had a sheathed field knife and bear spray. Playing dead, assuming the protective posture covering his abdomen and neck after attack most likely saved the st- the sergeant from serious injuries. After the attack, the South fled the site, leaving behind her cubs at the den and has not been located by the troopers. No unit coordinating and range controls going. whatever. Or brown bears are making noise works. Ninety percent of the believers. So so he was armed. He was armed and um just didn't have time to uh he was armed not only with a firearm, but with a sheath knife and bear spray. So interesting, interesting. Um, that's a that's a tough that's a tough one. That's a tough one right there. Sometimes you have all the preparation in the world, and you just didn't. Uh, they just didn't. They just didn't uh, do it. They accidentally approached a bear den, didn't see it had a sheath knife the staff sergeant yeah so yeah very cool um all right sorry i got uh i got uh going on over here uh if randy's in the chat room say there's are free money's or free money's a gift for free oh man david you're 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 dude you're harshing my mellow do do not be doing pfd politics on my friday baby Come on, man. That harshes my, harsh my, my firearms buzz. Uh, menacing motorcycle thug with a knife. Reminds me of a movie quote. Uh, I think knives are a good idea. Big effing off shiny ones. One that looks like it could skin a crocodile. Knives are good because they don't make any noise. And the less noise they make, the more likely we are to use them. Uh, makes it look like we're serious. Guns for show, knives for pro. What movie was that, (laughs) Sean? (laughs) Apparently we have not been watching the same kind of movies, although it sounds like we should be. Uh, All right. Um, So good morning to all of you who are in the chat room that are just lurking in the background. And I know you're lurking because there's only about a dozen people that have commented this morning. And there's nearly 40 of you in the chat room. So Good morning. Hi. Say hi. It's just polite. Say hi. Uh, did you see the one about Biden's protective guys that got drunk and had an altercation and got arrested in South Korea? <laughs> I mean, we've we've all seen some crazy stuff with the Secret Service over the last few years. The hookers and blow in Colombia is the one that comes to mind uh, most recently on, on my side of the world. Uh, all right. Um, we got to go. Uh, we're going to rejoin here in about 20 seconds. You're going to get the ding here any second to remind us the Michael Duke Show. Cop, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's get this done. Here we go. okay uh one uh, one final segment for this hour before we get back into it uh again phone lines are open if you want to call in but i i kind of want to get into this uh i kind of want to get into this story uh about the the new federal gun laws that are being pushed right now uh Most Senate Democrats aren't particularly eager to jump into this fray and vote on gun control because they know that it's, you know, it's doomed to failure, right? I mean, and nothing kills your political capital faster than putting up legislation and having it chart, you know, poked full of holes, unless, of course, you're really only doing it for the virtue signaling aspect of it. And by this time. We all know that Cory Booker is just an attention, you know, he just, he, oh man, let me show you what I got. Let me show you what I can do. Robert Mendez is not much better. And good old Richard Dick Blumenthal. Oh, Dick. Um, He, uh, you know, he never saw a gun control bill that he didn't want to talk about ad nauseum. Well, the three of them got together. And they have put together a newly introduced piece of legislation that would require all gun owners to be licensed by the federal government. Oh, and that's just the start. That's just the start of it. According to the bill text, the Federal Firearm Licensing Act would require residents to complete a written firearm safety test and hands-on testing, which includes a firing test, to get the license to, uh, to acquire a firearm. The license would also require those wanting to buy a gun to submit a criminal background check, fingerprints, and proof of identity. Now, the problem is, and again, remember the Supreme Court is about to rule on the whole May versus shall issue in New York State, This whole thing, by the way, flies right—this whole proposed thing already flies in the face of Heller and McDonald, two of the Supreme Court cases on gun control. The bill would also set up a may-issue licensing process for owning a gun, where all Americans over the age of 21 who wanted to exercise their Second Amendment rights would have to beg the king permission. They'd have to get permission from, in this case, the U.S. Attorney General, who may issue— a federal gun license to those to, you know who they he deems to be fit to do so. If you're under 21, forget it; you ain't going anywhere. Uh, the AG, on the other hand, shall revoke that license if they decide that the gun owner quote poses a significant danger or bodily injury to self or others unquote. I mean that sounds a lot like national red flag, right? You know, the biggest caveat to this whole thing is this. This license would only be good for a single firearm purchase. So every time you want to buy a gun, you'd have to start the whole process over again. I mean, it, it the bill goes even further by requiring gun sellers and FFLs to report details of the transaction to the federal government within three business days, while another section basically illegalizes and makes it uh it makes it illegal to sell a firearm to someone else without going through an FFL. There are so many things constitutionally wrong with this. I kind of hope that they take it to the floor. I kind of hope that they take it out. I mean, because this, no, this would be a, uh, I mean, this would be an absolute disaster for them. Again, this is just virtue signaling. I don't think that they have any intent of actually getting this to to have a hearing. Because if they did that, they would have to justify. Um they would have to justify this whole thing. Illegalize is my new favorite word. Yes, I know. I know. I'm making up words around here. I can I'm I'm making up words all day long. Uh thank you. I'll be here till eight. Um <clears throat> But yeah, no, this is this is just this is the insanity. They want to make every citizen jump through all these hoops at the federal level for every firearm. Why? Well, because they really, when it's all said and done, they want to criminalize. Or, as I just said earlier, they want to illegalize a fundamental civil right. I do like that word, illegalize. They want to criminalize the Second Amendment. This is not this is not a, a, an attempt to make America safer. This is an attempt to circumvent the Second Amendment and to penalize law-abiding citizens who had the audacity to exercise those constitutional rights. I mean, that—that's this is what it's all about. I mean, first of all, let's just break it down for a second. How long do you think it would take for the federal government to license 100 million gun owners? Right? I mean, with the guns we currently have. And and just think about how many guns you have. I'm not going to talk about me. (laughs) We don't want to talk about me. But how many guns do you have? How much would it cost you? And, you know, first of all, how... How would that many gun owners ever be able to get access to a range and the required training and the testing for every gun you own? I mean, and this whole point, of course, is that all these new laws do nothing to the criminals who, by their very definition, don't obey the law. Right? They are criminals for a re- They call them criminals for a reason. You can legalize as much as you want. They're still criminals. And they don't give a crap about your laws. I mean, it, it, it is it is nothing more than a pretext. These people, good old Dick Blumenthal and Cory Booker and Robert Mendez are part of that cadre of elitists who in their heart of hearts believe that they know you, they know better than you how you should live your life and they've got an idea and a vision and a and a you know for this whole dystopian thing in the future where the government controls pretty much everything because only the smart people should be in charge and all you dumb people out there who are bitterly clinging to your guns and your religion and your bible and are holding them back from the from the true from the true course of all that stuff you guys are the ones that are holding them up. And if we just illegalized all of you, if we just outlawed all that, then it's fine. It's not really about keeping you safe. It's about keeping you controlled. That's what it's about. But here you are. Here you are. This is their brand-new bill to – I mean, all just, again – You have to jump through every one of these hoops for the, what about, again, it's not like they're going to, it's not like they're going to grandfather anything in, right, right? They're not going to grandfather, they're not going to grandfather any of your current guns in, so whatever it is, (laughs) whatever it is, whatever that number is of guns in your gun safe, you're going to have to jump through those hoops that many number of times to make it work and uh and that's and that's how it works all right okay uh let's uh let's go back over to the phones here and uh, take a call before we go to break uh 433-3150 good morning who's this where are you calling from hey good morning mike it's fred how you been good morning fred what's on your mind sir
2: well first of all i want to point out that blumenthal captain stolen valor from connecticut yeah, I mean, he's been an anti-gun person from you know from day one. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, he's also and he also comes across as you know uber elitist as uh, you know I know best and you know nothing. So you know. Oh yeah. Don't. No. You know, just take him on that, it, and the rest of the, the rest of the, the rest of the clowns. You know, they they're they're kind of like follow suit. I don't know if anyone's worse or better than the rest of them, but you know, they're all they're all they're all cut from the same cloth. You know, they're all. Elitist control, you know, control freaks that you just want to, you know, get into everybody's lives and, you know, stir stir up the pot. But, you know, the point I want to bring out, you know, in reference to what recent events like what's going on in Buffalo over there and all that nonsense, it's not gun control. The problem isn't gun control. The problem is criminal control. You know, you control the crime and you get rid of the problem. You know, gun has nothing to do with it. Gun is just an inanimate object. It sits there and does nothing until someone picks it up and either you know does right or wrong with it. Right. So, I mean, this whole thing, this whole thing of just controlling the tool will not solve will not solve any problems at all. You know.
3: It well, I mean, the, the
2: individual.
3: It's like it's Maybe. a wide open secret, Fred. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're really here about gun safety, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I mean, again, the whole time that the criminals are you know are 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 doing it. I mean, it, it's it's insane.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's not only it's, not only, it's not only criminals, you know. It, people with, you know, emotional and mental issues, you know, and, you know it, it, with little respect to them, you know, they, they have issues and, you know, they sit there and say, well, uh, you know, they, you can't take their rights away. Well, no, nobody's trying to take their rights away. But then again, rights and responsibility have to go hand in hand. And if someone demonstrates a lack of responsibility to exercise their rights, then someone should be stepping in. You know, I think governments, one of the government's tools should step in and do something, you know, to exercise some kind of control over the situation until the, you know, get some kind of uh, resolution or, you know, cure or whatever in order to to remedy the situation. And, uh, you know, I mean, the red flag works as long as it's not abused, or like anything else. You give somebody a little bit of power, and the next thing you know, they want to take over the whole world. That, right. that has, that's a problem with red flag. Right. Well, but as long as it's, done correctly, you know as long as it's done absolutely correctly, you know there should be some oversight there should be appeal processes and everything else you know in all fairness to you know to all all persons involved including the perpetrators you know I mean but it, it you know they should have some type of a mechanism in place this would prevent it and you know not only to make the Hartman down in Florida situation with that, that animal that, that that monster down there. Now this guy up in Buffalo, New York. This kid. I mean, you know, the, the warning signs were there, flashing, screaming, do something, and nobody lifted a finger. And well, that's the end that's, result. Yeah. is, You know, if you know, yeah, you the house is on fire. You know, it out the house is going to burn down. Yeah. Well, no, that's the there. that's 100% 100%. a hundred percent true.
3: Yeah. I mean, we we keep we keep missing yeah. we keep missing the warning signs, Fred. That's exactly it. We keep missing the warning signs the parkland shooter, the sutherland spring shooter, the virginia tech shooter, all of them had major warning signs and nobody got ahead of it. Nobody reported it properly. Nobody took care of those things. All of that is part of the problem and you're 100% right on that. Fred, I, I hold the line here. We got to we got to go to break. We'll be back with more hour 2 of the Michael Duke show up next. Sorry Fred, I uh, I was coming up against the hard break there. I wanted to give you the last word here before I let you go. Uh, but you're right I mean we, we I, can, yep. I can I can reel off a dozen shootings where the shooter where there were warning signs for every shooter now sometimes it's a falling through the crack it's the government, you know, not doing the right. The Sutherland shooter, you know, he it wasn't reported properly to the Knicks that he had a dishonorable discharge. The Virginia Tech shooter had been making, you know, threats to himself and others. The, uh, you know, the the Parkland shooter had something like twenty-seven interactions with law enforcement at the local level and another dozen with federal law enforcement prior to going and shooting up the nightclub. I mean, this is it's insane. You, you, you had every opportunity to do something, Absolutely. and you're just letting them, it's the revolving door of crime.
2: Well, I mean, if they had, if they had a mechanism in place, I think if they had a mechanism in place, not to, not, not to stifle anybody's rights, but like I mentioned before, rights and responsibility have to go hand in hand. If you fail to exercise a proper responsibility, then the rights should be, I won't say infringed, but the rights should be taken into consideration and looked at by a third party, basically a judge, you know, well, basically some type of, you know, I, and then some type of,
3: I don't know, some if type I'm, of
2: oversight should go into place. Yeah. You
3: know? Well, we got enough oversight so Fred. I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not thrilled about having more governmental oversight in my life. Here's the thing. Here's a novel idea, Fred. How about we prosecute the criminals that do the crime? How about we prosecute them and stop coddling them Absolutely. and stop and stop saying well it's their environment or it's this or it's that or it's something else. How about we just start prosecuting them and you know, you know on the first offense they get the they get the benefit of the doubt, but when you get to a second and third offense or fourth or fifth or eighth interaction with law enforcement, that's when you put them under the jail. How about that?
2: Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, well, that that that's basically would take the place of a judge having a hearing and putting a you know set of a restrict temporary restriction on a person, you know, promoting a firearm or you know doing on any number of things really, you know, any number of things, you know, whether you know the person whatever whatever the, whatever the particular circumstances deem you know deem necessary to you know to get some kind of a handle on. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you, you know, sentencing has a deterrent on other others around who witness what's going on, and they'll take it to heart. I mean, if they're sitting there and if you have 20 people in a room breaking the law, and they, if they catch one of them and really throw the book at them, the other 19 are going to think twice before they, before they you know, go on with other dastardly. At least you have something to think about. Maybe you won't stop them, but at least right. you have something to think about the next right. time you want to break the law.
3: Exactly. All right. All right, Fred. Well, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you well, signing Mike, off this morning. Yep. Yep. You have, a good,
2: you, you have a good week, Mike. I'll talk to you
3: again. You bet. Thank you so much for calling in on this beautiful Firearms Friday. Uh, that was Fred from Rhode Island uh, calling in for us. Uh, we got another line on hold, and we can uh, we could start the next segment with them. Uh, let's get their name and where they're calling from, and we'll get started. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Hi Mike, Jeff from Homer.
3: Hello, Jeff from Homer. You uh, hold the line, my friend, and you will be first up in the queue to get things started over this. Dwayne says, "Could you imagine giving oversight to 100,000 Natasha's?" Um, wow. That's a thought that that's absolutely that's terrifying, my friend. The greed And the entitlement is astounding to me.
0: I just don't fathom it.
3: Yeah, no, that would be astonishing to uh, to, to having over 100,000 Natashas. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, no. On your gun rights and everything else. Oh, no. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from what you have to say here. Um. Drop us the uh, drop us the line. Um, oh man, um, what's the topic? Well, Harold, it's Firearms Friday. I'm just you know, that's kind of the topic for today: firearms, gun rights discussions, tips, tricks, tactics. Uh, Biden's latest gaffe. When he said that uh, we have enough gun laws on the books to deal. Did you, I mean, th- th- there's, you know, the meat puppet. Um, what else? What was the other story that I wanted to talk about? Oh, we should. How much time do we have? Um, I don't think we have enough time to watch that. Uh, I wanted to watch this video I, there's actually video of the, uh, the video of the guy pulling the knife, um, on the guy in Florida. Uh, and I was going to watch it with you, but we don't have enough. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. Uh, let's have a review of Cabernet. Is Napa Valley really the best? Um, I don't think so. I think the Willamette Valley has got some decidedly good Cabernets, although Cabernet is not my favorite. Um, I think that some of the Cabernets from the Willamette Valley, including the fourteen, 14 hands, has a couple of Cabernets that are delicious. delicious, absolutely delicious, amazingly delicious. Um, and uh, but there are several uh, there from the again from the Willamette Valley that are uh, have got have got the good stuff. Do it. Um, you want to? Somebody just asked me to share the link. Uh, in the chat room. Here's the link to the YouTube video of that road rage incident uh, in Florida. So you want to go check it out, you can go check it out for yourself. Um, I prefer a uh, petite Syrah, personally. That's my favorite, is a Petit Um, 14 Hands. Uh, if you're looking for a good uh, Willamette, uh, Willamette Valley um, Cabernet, 14 Hands makes a good one. Um, um or H uh, three, which is Heaven Horse Hills, also in uh, the Willamette They're Both delicious. They they make some good stuff. Um, cupcakes with ammo on top. Well, okay. Um, uh, we're gonna jump back into it. Let's go. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio.
4: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the themichaeldukesshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast.
0: The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you.
1: B- B- Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new
0: friend! I
2: say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right
4: that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw.
3: The right to Keeping in bare arms shall not be infringed. Not being infringed. Firearms from my cold dead hand. Friday. It's my rifle, my gun. This for fighting,
1: for Friday.
3: Firearms Friday. Oh yo ho, it is a Firearms Friday right here on the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com. Firearms Friday, of course, the one day a week that we dedicate to firearms, guns, the second amendment. It is my weekly therapy session. And I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to to get down into it. Joining me on the phone right now uh, is our first caller for this hour. It is a gun Q&A, open line, open gun form. So anything you want to talk about related to firearms is good to go. Jeff is calling from Homer. Somebody's been asking about the beetle kill thing too, Jeff. So if you want to give your phone number at the end of the show or the end of your call, we can uh, get that info on the beetle kill stuff as well. But let's talk guns. Jeff from Homer, good morning, my friend. What's up?
1: Yeah, just listening to you talking about the uh, three amigos there. Uh, you know, I doubt they have guns, and I doubt they've ever held a gun, most of those guys.
3: Oh, they got plenty of and security, though. To
1: a time where you need protection around a grizzly bear here in Alaska or something, those guys probably just would stand there and get eaten, you know. Um, I don't know what they think they're doing, but clearly states can't infringe the Second Amendment, so that's pretty much an infringement if you ask me. And it's it's time, like I said, that we we start eliminating these guys and get them out of office because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, you know, I shot my guns this weekend. I shot 100 rounds through my uh, 20 rounds through my uh, uh, 300 Winchester mag, and I shot my pellet gun, and sharpened that up. Um, you know, I've been shooting grouse in the head with that thing, and it's a great little weapon. And that's not a firearm, so
3: you know, right?
1: But it, I got thinking. About my old thirty thirty, you know, I really missed that main um, because I shot a lot of deer with it, shot a lot of grouse with it, shot a lot of animals with it. Period, and that was uh, that was the tool, you know what I mean? And exactly what it was. As a guide for 38 years, there, that's what I used primarily. You know, I had a, a 44 Magnum and, uh, and stuff like that. I had a 357 at one time, but I get rid of that it was too long a barrel to get it out of the holster for me. But, uh, you know, uh, you just learn over the years, you know, what guns you want and what guns fit you. And uh, that 30-30 to this day, my kids have it. And uh, great gun. Great, great gun. We shot a lot of deer in Maine with those. And they're very common, you know. And and, uh, so... Just thinking about all that, I said, yeah, I'm
3: probably not going to go register all those things. Probably. Well, that was was something that, I mean, I didn't even touch on with those laws. I mean, what are you going to do with the millions of Americans who refuse to comply? I mean, we already saw this with the New York Safe Act, right? I mean, the New York Safe Act passed. They estimated that they they had a million, quote-unquote, assault rifles that would have been covered under the Safe Act in New York. Uh, that were required to be registered, and they had a four percent compliance rate. Four percent. Yeah. So what are you going to do the with a hundred million gun owners if you know only four percent of a hundred million gun owners complied? You got ninety-six million gun owners basically giving you the proverbial finger. What are you going to do then? You going to start cracking down and going door to door? Good luck with that.
1: No, they don't have the power to do that. Uh, they don't even have the manpower to do that. They they can't even catch 1% of 1% of the crime. And now it's even worse because they're not even trying. You know, these people don't want to do anything about crime or put anybody in jail or, or have any good DAs or anything like that. But they want to go after your guns because they want total control. And if you die because of it, no big deal. But what they don't realize, you take the guns from the homes, crime is going to increase, yeah. you know, 10, 20 fold yeah. immediately. All right. More crime. These guys don't understand. Fred was right. It's an inanimate object. i said it a million times. I can leave a piece of wood by my wood stove and put a gun right there too. The wood won't get up and get in my stove and heat my house during the winter and the gun won't shoot anybody while I'm gone. Right. So, you know, it's, it's as crazy as that. They don't understand that there's a lot of us that have guns for protection, but we mostly have them for hunting, you know, and that's what they get on. Well, you don't need a, a, a AK for hunting deer, you know. That's not the point, you know it's also for sustenance. and here in Alaska, it's for grizzly bears and stuff like that. you know, bigger bears. Uh, moose can be dangerous right so, uh, there's quite a few people get stomped by them, you know, if you're not paying attention. so it's it's they want to take our protection away and they're not going to get it. That's all there is to it. The people you know they want a good battle, start something like that. The three amigos need to know that they have no idea what they're talking about. And they swore to protect the constitution and the people. All right. Just like Biden. And none of these people want to do that. That's why they're going to lose so bad this fall and they're going to have to take their licks and go crying back to their homes that they're not wanted. And that's that, Yeah, you know, so well, anyways, the beetle kill, uh, met with the assembly last week. And I think they're going to get on that pretty good. Um, you're going to be able to get permits. Uh, go to the borough office and get you a permit and figure, fill it out if you want to cut some firewood or cut some wood or you're looking for some wood and they can tell you more about it there. Uh, Marcus, Marcus, the head forester, and there's Dakota. She's a forester there, so they're they're handling that end of it uh, as far as what they've got to do with the forest forestry. And uh, uh, looks like we're going to cut some wood this summer, so. Um, and if you want wood cut off on your land, you can contact me or look look up some of these guys that do it. Uh, the guys at North Fork uh, with the mill there, they do it. Uh, there's another guy. He's cutting out in Cooper Landing right now. You can see the wood out there. Stop and see him. Um, and uh, just, you know, keep keep looking up. And the best thing you can do in Kenai, in, in, in uh, Sildatna, is if you've got a bad problem, look to your neighbors, too. Talk to them, you know. Let bygones be bygones people. This stuff needs to go. and right. It's right. not going to be pretty, but you need to get it away from your house, you know. Kind of work together with it, and you'll get information through other people. We've got people coming in there to cut now, and you can get it from me. And my number, again, is 907-756-3422. And that's my direct cell phone. I have it on me most of the time. So uh, more and more we're, we're getting... More wood cut, and closer to getting this thing going to get it blocked away from the houses and away from town. Yeah. And the rivers and, and uh, yeah, a lot of environmental issues.
3: There yeah. Were look-
1: people talking, uh, testifying about roads that we're going to get left open? They worried about them camping on it and all that, and then I get to testify, and I just told them, I said, well, we we don't have to be that close to your houses. We can yard a quarter of a mile, put the roads away from your houses, and as far as the the uh, borough land, it should be open to the people. Well, right. And and how how close do you, how
3: close (laughs) do you want them to your house with the beetle kill when the next forest fire happens? You know, let's, let's get smart about this. So absolutely.
1: Well, I encourage everybody to do this one thing. Get on the internet and look up a crowning fire. You cannot run from
3: it. (laughs) You cannot run. It skips across the top of the trees. 30 or 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Look it up. And and if that don't scare you, well, Good luck. That's yes. all I can say. I was in one when I was 16 years old. I had to make it out into a bog. I was in a fire tent, one of the little fire tents you carry to put over yourself It burned over us in a brook. And, uh, we'd come down in there and, a great guy named Otis Gray picked us up. He's an old non-pilot. And I flew with him for, for a long time. I was his helicopter tech crew trainer after that. And, uh, I'll tell you, he, he hauled us out of there in the smoke and the smoke alone is bad enough. You know, if, if you survive that with the fire, if you get in it, in the crowning fire, and get in a situation with that dry tinder, you will not run from it. Yeah, and, no. And that was explained to him, and I got to testify <laughs> on that, on you know, how we're going to get 30,000 people out of
3: town. Exactly. All right, Jeff. Well, hey, thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. You're right. A crowning fire is no joke. I mean, those things can run from, what, 30, 40, almost 50 miles an hour across the top of the trees. It's not something that you... It's not something you want to be caught in and definitely something you want to pay attention to. Thanks for your input this morning, Jeff, on all those things and more. And, I mean, that's exactly it. We were just talking about, you know, what's going to happen when people don't comply in some kind of law like that. Now, the chances of this law actually going anywhere are pretty low, right? I mean, that that, – First of all, this one proposed law by these Senators has got so many constitutional issues, I don't think it would go anywhere. But the, the bottom line is is that they're they're not thinking this thing all the way through. I mean, that that's just my my whole my whole point of talking about these laws is that they are not thinking this thing all the way through to its logical conclusion. And I'm not talking about, uh, I'm, I'm not talking about like amorphous, you know, threats of revolution or anything else. I'm talking about statistical facts of things that have happened thus far. For example, I was just talking about the New York Safe Act, which is their assault weapons ban that they put into a place. It's an assault weapons registry that they put into place in New York State um, after the Newtown shooting. And, again, they admitted that the the, uh, compliance rate on that Is in the single digits. It's somewhere down around four percent. The Connecticut has a uh, has an assault weapons uh, ban. This is from Newtown, same kind of thing, and its compliant rate is similarly down in the two, three, three and a half percent range. So these are, I mean, these are East Coast, you know, like bastions of you know, and their people refused to comply. With a simple registry, we're not talking about having to get licensed for every firearm you own. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. People will, based on, again, this is not me saying, this is not me, you know, painting up word. This is, statistically, this is what it's showing. People will refuse to comply. And what does that mean? I mean, let's be generous and say that the compliance rate is more than New York, more than Connecticut. Let's say you get a 10% compliance rate. you got 100 million gun owners in the country. That means that 90 million of them just said, "Um, I don't think so. Then what are you going to do? What's the next step? Well, then we've got to have a special task force to go out and... Now we're going to have to go door-to-door and we're going to have to have all the FFLs turn their 4473s in so we know who's got what. And then we'll try and go door-to-door to to collect these firearms. I mean, that's really the only... It it, it goes back to the old adage that we've heard for years, which was, of course, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Now, whether that means that... uh, Whether that means that you will become an outlaw or you were an outlaw and you didn't care about the law to begin with, it's really immaterial because it's going to be essentially the same thing. Is that what you're looking for? Is that what you're trying to do? Again, these people like Menendez and Cory Booker and old good old Dick, their ultimate goal here is that they, they, they bought into the narrative that the only way society can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government. And that's what they want. They want the government to intervene in every part of life because they truly believe that's the only way that society can move forward. And if it wasn't just for us knuckle-dragging troglodytes out here who are bitterly clinging to our guns and to our religion— then if, if it wasn't for us, then they could get this utopian society with government basically directing and controlling everything. But they haven't thought it through. Because there are many people out there who will simply not comply. Again, not that this bill has really has a chance, but there will be other bills. And I think, again, the same problem exists is that those people have not considered the ultimate ramifications. The the transfer bill in Washington State where you are mandated to, uh, if you're going to transfer a firearm or give a firearm to somebody, you have to go through an FFL. That's been an utter failure. The compliance rate on that is excruciatingly low. People are not interested in having the government in their business. And again, you have to stop penalizing the vast majority of citizens who probably 99% of them are law-abiding and are not going to do criminal things. And you've got the 1% or the 1.5% or the 2% or whatever it is that are actually out there doing the bad things. And instead of fixating and and focusing on the criminals instead you're penalizing all the law-abiding citizens that's not that's not going to work it's not going to work in the long run and we will talk about that here in just a moment how that's a failure Phone lines are open at 433-3150. It is The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thing and radio. SB 136 says, Rob Myers, my bill to prevent a state agency or municipality from using a disaster declaration to infringe on gun rights failed on the last day in the House. It needed 30 votes to advance, and it got 28 votes to advance. Um, and it, it's, it's all Democrats. All Democrats to uh, who have, uh, who've done that. Let me, um, let me put this, let me put this, where, where does it go? Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I got too many. How about here? Yep. Is it there? Yep. Uh, Is it right there? Yep. Uh, Yep. Streaming uh, images uh, daily. Yep. Right there. Okay. Uh, All right. So let me uh, let me share this let me share this image with you here um here is the no this one right here there we go um where where is it oh there it is uh let me let me drop you this so this was the vote uh that uh, rob was just talking about uh no, God, I saved it in a file folder full of files okay there we go uh, it's not a very good photo. Uh, hopefully, you guys can. Uh, hopefully, you guys can read uh, the. Uh, hopefully, you guys can read the names on this. This was the vote, right here, um, on the limitations on firearms restrictions. This is from Rob, uh, Rob Myers. Again, good luck coming to take my firearms in an emergency. Good luck infringing on my rights in firearms in an emergency. You've got bigger fish to fry than worrying about me. That's all I could say.'ve got, You've got bigger fish to fry than worrying about what I'm doing a law-abiding citizen been doing with my firearms. and I'll be honest with you I'm going to ignore him. I'm going to ignore your, you know, if you have some kind of, if there's some kind of massive mass casualty event, an earthquake, firestorm, zombie apocalypse, tidal wave, whatever it is, I'm going to tell you, you can use some kind of disaster declaration to, I mean, you could try. You're going to have your hands full with everything else. Because I'm just going to ignore you. I'm not going to break the law. I mean, any other law. I'm not going to go out there and, and, you know, be a looter or a hooligan or, a, a, a you know, a brigand. But there you go. So Drummond, Fields, Hannon, Josephson, Christ, Tompkins, Ortiz, Snyder, Sponhold, Story, Tar, Tuck, and Wool. Big surprise. Big surprise that those are the people that voted against it. Needed 30 I hope that, Rob, you. I hope you reintroduce that come next session because, uh, you know, there you go. Not surprising. Not surprising whatsoever. Um, we are being assaulted on all fronts. If they get the guns, then everything else will fall into place. I believe that as well. I believe the Second Amendment, as old Chuck Heston says there in the intro, I believe the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The one one right that allows all the other rights to exist at all. Because it's the only thing that's protecting all those other rights. It is the implicit threat of the Second Amendment that keeps the government in check. And that's what's going on. Um... All right. We're about 40 seconds out right now. Um, I'm looking here to see what else is uh, going on. I personally think they'll go after ammo first. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why you should have a good supply of ammo on hand at all times. I mean, because ammo keeps. It's not like it goes bad, right? I mean, I've shot 75-year-old ammo before. Uh, Sometimes it's not pretty, but it gets the job done. Uh, But, yeah. without. Without ammo, it's just a giant club. I've tried to turn those things down, but they just don't get any quieter, do they? But at least we know when we got to go. Here we go, jumping back into it The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share the show. Let's get going on. All right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, and it is Firearms Friday, that one day a week that we dedicate to discussions of the Second Amendment, guns, gun rights, and more. was talking with the folks in the chat room during the break about a lot of this stuff, but again, coming back to the fact that I just don't think a lot of these politicians have thought this all the way through, that they're going to penalize law-abiding citizens while pretty much ignoring... What, uh, you know, what criminals are doing. Uh, But that starts to backfire. And eventually people, even those who are more on the left, they get a little sick and tired of it. And we've seen that happen in Los Angeles, where much of the reason that Los Angeles is starting to look like a battle zone is because of Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon. He has a soft on crime approach that is, uh, since he's taken office, has demonstrated perfectly uh, by declining to bring felony charges on many counts, including the latest one. The comedian uh, David Chappelle, remember, he was attacked with a knife and they declined to bring felony charges against the guy who did it. You've got people who are running around Beverly Hills, um, you know, uh, robbing stores and people. And they're refusing to, uh, and they're refusing to uh, uh, shut it down. They, uh, San Francisco is seeing stores close because of rampant shoplifting. Um, the they refuse to prosecute. The other one is San Francisco um, uh, prosecutor, no, state attorney. I'm sorry, state attorney in Illinois, Kim Cox. Same thing is happening. Fox refused to prosecute uh, prosecute either side of a gunfight in chicago citing mutual combat what well we're not going to prosec- we're not going to prosecute either side because they were mutually in combat what i mean did, how does that make anyone safer at all that, that, well it's systemic racism if you look you y- you are making assumptions that y- your implication is is that Black people are the ones who are breaking the law and need to be protected from prosecution. But if, if, if people are breaking the law, it really doesn't matter what their color is. If they're breaking the law, they are breaking the law. There are other societal problems if more of the people who are breaking the law are one ethnicity or another. That's a, almost a separate issue than the fact that they did make the decision to break the law. But Gascon now is facing a recall in Los Angeles. Uh, he lashed out uh, during a uh, during a chat with other progressive prosecutors. He lashed out at the recall and said that things are really safer. He said he said, <laughs> he said we should never walk away from the fact that reform is actually good for safety and health in the community. We should be very proud of the fact that the path that we're talking that we're taking is avoiding not only systemic racism but mis- but all mistakes of the past. You you you're avoiding all the mistakes of the past by not prosecuting criminals who are committing felonies or is it just systemically? Are you still prosecuting people of a certain ethnicity? For committing felonies, but not others. I mean, this 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 is part of the problem. Trying to create this, you know, somehow utopian dystopia that we can just do. You, just. <clears throat> Criminals, by their very definition, break the law, sir. I don't know how to. I don't know how to tell you that anymore or any you know any any harder. But putting more laws on the books is not going to stop people who've already decided to break the law. And, in fact, putting more laws in the books is more likely to create an Irish democracy where people lose faith and they lose trust in their government for continuing to crack down on freedoms and liberty that you know for reasons of which the average law-abiding citizen has no effect. They are not doing anything to cause these things to happen. And pretty soon they just get frustrated and fed up and say, you know what, I shall not comply as happened again in New York, as happened in uh, Connecticut, and quite honestly, even as happened in Australia. Remember how they're always talking about how Australia is the perfect example of of gun control. We should follow the Australian model. Well, the problem is, of course, is that even in Australia... There's been some speculation that the compliance rate in Australia when they had their gun buyback in the 90s was only about 60% successful. That 40% of Australians, especially those who were out in the bush, just wrapped them up in tarps and threw them in the ground and walked away. We will not comply. We may need those one day. So... They, they ignore these kind of facts at their own peril. I mean, I'm not making a threat. I'm just saying history shows that when you do this, you are imperiling the system as we know it right now. If you continue because again, they haven't considered it. they haven't you know they haven't extrapolated their actions to the logical conclusion. If you pass this law, what happens then? Well, then, you know, then people will, well, but some people won't comply. And what if it is the same type of compliance rate that you've seen in places like New York and Connecticut? Now, I guarantee you the compliance rate in some place like Alaska versus New York and Connecticut, I mean, please, do you really think Alaska would get a 1% compliance rate compared to New York's 4%? But, I mean, just, again, hypothetically, just extrapolating that out, so you've got a compliance rate that is in the toilet, and you've got 80% or 90% or 95% of the people saying, we will not comply, okay, what do you do next? You either leave the law on the books and become the laughingstock, again, furthering that idea of an Irish democracy, or you crack down again, you crack down even harder. Now you maybe start to form, you know, squads in areas that go door to door. Which, good luck with that. And then what happens then? People still resist. Maybe somebody gets killed. Maybe that's a catalyst for others to start to distrust the government even more. I mean, you, you haven't fought this out. Americans may act like sheep a lot of times and get stupid, but when push comes to shove and you back them into a corner, they're not people that you want to have pissed off at you. You know what I mean? They, they will come together eventually, and they will push back. Again, you haven't thought this through. A hundred million gun owners... What do you got with law enforcement in the United States between federal, state, local? What are we at? 700,000, something like that. A hundred million gun owners. I'm just saying you have to think about the long term, the unintended consequences of your actions. You keep pushing for your utopian society, uh, you know, where government is the benevolent controller of everything and some people just don't want that. Doesn't make them wrong, doesn't make them evil. They just have a different, they just have a different point of view. And you can't force it on them. You can't force it on them. So yeah, I mean, if it's a million cops of all persuasions and a hundred million gun owners. Those aren't great odds if anything ever push came to shove and something got nasty. I mean, I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm just saying if you look at what's going on statistically, those that's not a good thing. That's thats what I want to know. All right, we got more coming up. Willie Waffle up next, The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio.
4: Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and show.com
3: Okay. What part of being a libertarian bothers you? The part where you have to make your own decisions about your life or the part where you don't get to make my decisions for me? boom. <laughs> <coughs> 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 Exactly. Um, all right. <clears throat> sorry, wrong thread, but not sorry. Rational anarchists are coming. A rational anarchist believes that concepts such as state and society and government have no existence save as physically exemplified in the acts of the self-responsible individual. He believes that it is impossible to shift blame, share blame, distribute blame, or blame as blame, guilt, and responsibilities are matters taking place inside human beings singly and nowhere else. But being rational, he knows that not all individuals hold his evaluations. So he tries to live perfectly in an imperfect world aware that effort will be less than perfect yet undismayed by self-knowledge of self-failure. Heinlein. Hmm. Well, that's said <clears throat> Concepts such as state, society, and government have no existence save as physically exemplified in the acts of self-responsible individual. That's well, good in the theory, though, but I, I, I mean, I don't know if we're there yet. <laughs> right? I don't know if we're there yet. Um, yep, history shows how empires fall, and we watch it daily now. Um, refused to charge, yeah, refuse to charge them for shooting at each other, but gives me 10 years for pot, says Floyd. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, we didn't want these two, you know, that's that was mutual combat. But if I shot it out with somebody else or I shot, I mean, you know, it, it's insane. It's insane. That's what it is. Uh, stock up on food and water. Um. That was a good uh, that was a good post, Daniel, too, as well. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, Timothy, for posting the Heinlein quote. Um Water's coming up two more debris. It won't be long before everybody's talking about fishing now. Everybody's like king. Somebody did somebody say that the first king got caught on Ship Creek yesterday? Yeah. So the first, the kings are in apparently starting to run in Ship Creek. Oof. I really could use some fish. <clears throat> I could use a few fish myself. That is the fact, Jack. Um. All right. What else you guys want to chat about here before we run out the clock and bring Willie on board? I wonder what are we going to talk about with Willie today. Oh, he's got the new movie, uh, new Downton Abbey movie. Really, nothing else. Movie? I mean, next week it's going to be Top Gun. Top Gun maverick which i've been hearing great things uh about brandon was here i hope you saw my trump flag (laughs) yeah brandon landed and got his refuel on and then got out of here so good luck to him good luck to him um I won't comply. Yep, we will not comply. I'm not going to comply. Everybody's like, I'm not going to comply. Again, I think that that's – now, maybe it's a bit of an echo chamber here. But, again, just looking at New York State's compliance rate and then translating that out to what happens here in Alaska, I mean, there's a little bit of a different mindset. You know what I mean? I would not be shocked if uh, if people in Alaska did not comply even as much as people in New York State. I'm just, I'm just saying. Even as much as people in New York State. Uh, I'm going to dig and lie, (laughs) says Sandy. (laughs) Uh, I know somebody said earlier that they were going to be, uh, that they lost all their gun safes in a fishing accident. I mean, how they got the gun safe in their canoe, I don't know. But how foolish of you to lose your gun safe over the side of your canoe. Um, I think there'll be I think there will be a lot of that quite honestly I'm happy Siobhan Meggett is running against Dan Ortiz I'm happy that any incumbent candidate should see a challenger this go around but especially yeah I mean especially uh, you know people like Dan Ortiz and more who else was in that list Andy Josephson, Harriet Drummond, Zach Fields, Hannon, Christ Tompkins, Ortiz, Liz Snyder, Spohnholtz, Story, Tar, Tuck, Wool. I'd like to see I'd like to see opponents for every one of them, and for a good chunk of the Republicans that are in there as well. <laughs> Merrick, Le bon, uh, Cato, uh, you know, Kaufman. I'd love to see some of those people get replaced for sure. The idea comes down to, I will follow laws I don't find bothersome and intrusive, but those I find limit freedom I just won't follow. After all, if the government ignores laws, why not? That summates my feeling pretty much exactly, Timothy. That is exactly, thank you for making it simpler for me this morning. My coffee still hasn't kicked in. Um, All right. Hey. Look at that. About time. I'm waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, We're about to jump into it the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. Let's get things rolling on. Here uh, we uh, go. Okay, I'm ready for the weekend. I don't know about you, but I am ready, Teddy. Let's get into it. It's not Teddy. It's Willie, actually. I'm ready. It just doesn't. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. I don't know why, but uh, uh, welcome, Willie. There we go. Welcome, Willie. That's that's got some. That's got some flow to it. How are you, my friend? Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. What's happening?
5: I'll tell you what's happening. I've so far survived COVID. I thought things were looking up. I thought things were making a turn for the better. And now I got to worry about getting monkeypox. Oh, is that the
3: new new thing? Monkeypox? Did I miss something? Apparently, oh
5: yes, yes, monkeypox. A man in in I believe it was in Massachusetts came down with monkeypox, which is highly contagious and kind of rare to be showing up in America.
3: We're all going to die one day. Okay. Yeah, uh, this I've, is it. I've, this is know, it. <laughs> be one plague after another. Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's try and lighten the mood a little bit here. Let's talk about some of the things that are going on uh, in the world of entertainment. Um, I just sent you a thing yesterday about uh, the streaming and how everything's changing, and, and uh, this just pl- proves it out. Uh, ad-supported tiers, that's a big deal now for streaming platforms. Apparently, everybody wants to get in on the game.
5: Oh, yeah, you know, it turns out that streaming is becoming just like cable TV was. Okay, like, oh, well, I already pay for it. Why would they ever have ads? Well, they're going to get them in there. And and now Disney Plus is doing the same thing. So they have jumped on the bandwagon. You know, Netflix is going to bring out an ad supported tier probably in the fall. And now Disney Plus wants to do that, too. So you'd pay a lower price to get Disney Plus, but you'd have to watch some ads. But, you know, because it's Disney, they want to try to prove to you that, They're going to do it better. Kinder kinder and gentler. That's right. That's right. We're not going to have political ads, they said. And, oh, we're not going to have ads for alcohol either. Yeah? You're going to be airing Dancing with the Stars this fall. You're telling me there's not a wine company that wants to get on that business?
3: Okay. (laughs) All right. Whatever. Well, you and and I talked about this last week. And, you know, Netflix is doing it. Hulu already does it. Some others are talking about it. Look, here's my thing. I... I work in advert. The irony is I work in advertising and I hate having to sit through commercials when I'm watching a television show. <laughs> but I figured I did the math. If I watched one hour of television, which is what, 42 to 46 minutes long, that's an hour of television with the ad space built into it. Right. Correct. So 14 units an hour, which is that's either 30s or 60s. If let's just say they're all 60s. Let's say they're all 60 second ads, which they're not. But if I just paid a dime an ad to not have to watch them. I would be paying $2.40 a show to not have to watch it. And I got to tell you if my if the tier for what I'm watching is only 3 or 4 bucks more, man, I'm paying like a penny a piece to not watch these ads. I will just take my shut up and take my money. I do not want to watch it. Well, and I'm wondering how
5: long it's going to last. I'll be honest with you. You know, right now, you know, typically you get like maybe five or six minutes an hour on streaming platforms. Disney is promising that they're only going to have four minutes an hour to keep it even lower than anybody else. And they're saying that they won't uh, they won't be airing it during preschool aged programming. Well, who says that all of a sudden that four minutes doesn't
3: become 5 yeah, years from now. It creeps and, and then it's 5 and then six it's 6. 6 months
5: out. Yeah. yeah. I mean they're going to do it cuz that's what cable did right. too. <laughs> well,
3: and again, broadcast television has got between 12 and 14 minutes an hour of commercials in it. That's how that's just how the formula works. Um and that includes their promos and everything else. But again, I would pay 10 cents a commercial not to have to watch it. I just you know I don't want this. so it's like here's 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 the bottom line I don't care if they do an ad that they do an ad sponsored tier ad supported tier more power to them as long as they do not take off the commercial free tier
5: right and and and, and, the, and the, hey that's that's where you get to pay the premium baby come on you yeah. know that's out there so you know hey I pay I pay that let's see let's see I, well uh, Disney plus I've got I pay for the the uh, commercial free premium on Paramount Network. Uh, you know, Peacock, I'm trying to think, yeah, I paid for that on Peacock as well. So, you know, they're getting it from you. They, this is, this is great. Oh, you don't want to spend too much money. Well, you know, we'll lower it to six yeah, bucks. Yeah. Oh, you hate commercials. Well, it's only a couple dollars more.
3: Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think the difference between <laughs> like on Hulu, it's six ninety nine for with ads and it's $11 without ads. Okay. Yeah. I'll take the eleven dollars. I mean, you know, I'm still paying well less than half than I was for my cable, and I'm getting the content that I want when I want it. So I'm I'm okay with that. That's it. sorry, I didn't mean to didn't mean to digress, but it just it's that and dropping one show a week just pisses me off. All right, so stop. Oh yeah, well, and and but here's the thing
5: though. You you talked about you know uh, you know it's just like cable. Well, you know what else is? It streaming is becoming ca- becoming like cable in this sense. I got a lot of stuff I got to pay for. I got to pay for Hulu. I got to pay for Disney Plus. I got to pay for Netflix. I got to pay for ESPN Plus. I got to pay for this. I got to pay for that. It's starting to add up really fast, man.
3: Yeah, and that study I showed you, uh, sent you yesterday, it said specifically the only thing stopping people from getting more streaming services is the cost. So maybe they're willing to put up with it. They'll drop a couple bucks and be able to pick up one more streaming service. I don't know. It's fine. Let them do what they want to do. I'm okay with that. All right. Enough of that. Let's move on to your favorite topic, Jeopardy. Yes. This is awesome. Okay.
5: I'm not that happy about it, but I'm happy that there's, I'm happy that there's a mystery and some sort of conundrum coming. Okay. So. Celebrity Jeopardy, which is always the greatest uh, greatest uh, tournament that they host on Jeopardy, because it shows us that not all celebrities are very bright, you know, as if we didn't know that already. <laughs> well, they're going to make it Celebrity Jeopardy in primetime. That's right. They're moving it to ABC primetime with Celebrity Wheel of Fortune on Sunday nights on ABC. But here's the best part, with a host to be named later. What, what,
3: what, 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 you have a host. Yeah, wait a second. You have two hosts. Wait a second. (laughs) Oh, man. So is it, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Mayim Balik or is it going to be somebody else? Well, it's really hilarious because the people with Jeopardy are saying, oh, don't read
5: anything into it. Mayim Bialik is get, is expected to be the host. What do you mean expected? Well, she's going to be the host. Oh, so you're going to announce that she's going to be a host. Well, it's a host to be named later. So she's not necessarily definitely going to be the host. She's expected to be the host. You see what's going on right now?
3: Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that. Who are
5: they negotiating with? Yeah. Who are they negotiating? Because here's the deal. Remember, when she got the job, okay, it was announced that she was going to do all the primetime versions of the various different tournaments. They had planned this. Well, this is a primetime tournament. I thought her contract included that she was going to do primetime tournaments. Now, there's there's, there's two possibilities, okay? Number one they're negotiating with another host some big name that they want to shock everybody with right number two she has a contract with fox she has a program that's on fox i wonder if they have to negotiate permission to have her do celebrity jeopardy because they often rerun her program on sunday nights after football
3: uh okay well maybe that's it okay well We'll have to see. Well, fingers crossed that uh, you get everything that you wanted because I'll never probably watch another episode of Jeopardy in my life. But that's fine. It's all good. At least now we'll know. Um, let's see. We got uh, time for one more. And this is one that kind of interests me. Patrick Swayze may appear in the Dirty Dancing sequel. Now, for those of you, hold on, for those of you who don't know, Patrick Swayze is dead. So my question is, what? Uh, they're, yeah. What? This is another interesting one. So this came out of the Cannes
5: Film Festival, you know, because they're starting to promote um, the fact that there's going to be a Dirty Dancing sequel. Uh, Jennifer Grey is going to be uh, the, one of the stars and, and and a producer. And the idea is that we're supposed to see her in 1990s Catskills, New York, you know, where the rap scene is all afire. Okay. And, you know, so, you know, she's going to look back on her life and all the wonderful times that she had and maybe influence some youngsters just like she was influenced back in the day well so they started saying that you know there's going to be some way for patrick swayze to appear in the movie that that you know they're they're trying to make sure that everybody who was part of the original movie will somehow be part of the movie now and that they're in discussions with the estate of patrick swayze and that's where everybody went um you know if you're just going to use clips from the old movie you would not have to negotiate that with the estate of Patrick Swayze. Right. You negotiate that with the movie studio that owns the clips. So what are you negotiating? Right. And the wildest rumor out there. Is that they're going to create him via CGI to somehow appear right. in the sequel? Right. Now
3: we saw this in Star Wars with Peter uh, uh, Cushing, Mo- yeah, Peter Cushing, yep. Grand Moff Tarkin, and of course with uh, Carrie Fisher, uh, where they utilized you know parts of her because she had died before they finished everything. Um, and but this is this is where I get a little uncomfortable uh, because now you're talking about resurrecting basically dead stars uh we saw val kimmer's voices now they've got a composite now because val kimmer through cancer has lost his voice and some company created a basically a speech machine for him that sounds exactly like him based on all i mean i'm just getting a little worried that you know artists and things like that maybe they just go hey, we will just go to the dead the dead letter file and pull out the artist that we want that's a little crazy to me Oh well, this has always been the 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 grand um, scheme or
5: fear, how you depend depending on how you look at it, of what Hollywood could become. You know, when, when we started getting more into CGI and and more into computer generated uh, graphics and characters, and people said, "What's going to stop us down the road from putting Humphrey Bogart in a movie with James Dean and The Rock?"
3: Right. Right. Yeah. And, no.
5: and, and and you know that's where you you tend to be going now. Right now, it doesn't look the greatest, it but it's getting better every yeah.
3: day. Yeah. The deep fake stuff is is starting to get. real I mean, the Peter Cushing stuff looked pretty pretty damn good, and and the same thing with the Carrie Fisher stuff. So, all right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. We'll watch it. We're running out of time here, though. I do want okay. to get to two things. First and foremost, have you seen the movie Two Thousand Mules?
5: I have not seen this, so tell
3: me. Well, no, so, I mean, everybody's been asking. last couple weeks, people have been asking for it in the chat room when we're talking. And it's a movie, it's a political movie about what happened during the election. Now, I haven't seen it. I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list of things to eventually get to. I just haven't got there. So if you get a chance to see it, let me know. You can review it. We can talk about it. Well, Uh, yeah, and
5: if I remember correctly,
3: isn't it on YouTube? uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not. Dinesh D'Souza's website's got it, and you you can find it there. Um, The second thing is, did you get Beyond Episode 1? of Bosch
5: oh god well you know things get really busy okay that's all I wanted to know (laughs) never mind
3: never mind never mind let's get on to the movie in theaters Downton Abbey a new era Downton Abbey fans they're back it's the big screen tell me about it oh
5: they're back and this could be the most shocking Downton Abbey of all time that they're they're leaving the Abbey people they're well not everybody but some of them are leaving the Abbey right yes it It turns out it's 1928, and Lady Grantham Violet herself, Maggie Smith, has somehow inherited a villa in the south of France. So a whole bunch of people pack up and head on down to get the keys, right? Right. And to have a little bit of fun down in the south of France. And while they're down there having fun, why? There's been a deal made. A silent movie is going to be made with Downton Abbey as the set
3: and of course there will be all sorts of crises there as well oh my gosh I mean Downton Abbey was a pretty fun show I mean I really I mean, it is Well, oh, there was a few times there though man you had to look like, I'm not crying you're crying I mean it's got some sad moments in it but it's a great property it's a good story I think it'll be interesting what did what did you think Oh,
5: this is exactly what you get. I mean, there's, of course, all the funny stuff between Isabel and Maggie Smith's character, right? You know, all those great conversations, all those cutting lines that they have that always have you laughing. Wait until you hear what they think about the movie making business. That right there is enough for the movie, (laughs) right? And yes, they have our we have our sad moments. We found out why she inherited that villa in the south of France. And uh, oh, how do I want to put this? There's going to be a big end, my people. If you catch my drift.
3: Uh oh. All right. Well, so negative one to four waffles, Down Abbey. A new era. What do you say? I'm going three waffles. I think you got a good, fun movie here. And yes,
5: it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you right in the it's feels, got, man. It's got, it's
3: got some, it's, 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 it's getting, got, yeah, it's got some completion in it. All right. Well, that unfortunately, because I flap my mouth so much, means we're out of time, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on board. We look forward to next week. We'll hear more about it uh, then. Thanks for coming in.
5: Hey, you got it next week. Top Gun Maverick. I'm
3: hearing nothing but good stuff. All right. Folks, we're out of time. We will see you on Monday. You will relax and have a great weekend. You will. Obey. Do it now. We'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Yeah, I mean I'm hearing nothing but wow. I guess he got a I guess Tom Cruise got a five minute standing ovation at the premiere at Cannes or something. I mean it was like
5: Yeah, it, it was massive and, and I will tell you a bunch of my friends have seen the movie and and they have just been going gaga over it for a week, just trying to really make me jealous that I, I couldn't be there that night. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's yeah. too bad.
3: That sounds. it <laughs> sounds like a blast. Yeah. Well I'm look definitely looking forward to that. I know that one's been in the can for two years. They've been waiting oh, to put my that God. thing out. So finally it's going to happen. That's good news. Um and uh and again Bosch is good. Uh I have been um, watching Vikings for the first time. Have you ever seen that Vikings? Oh, I've seen it here and there with with if I remember correctly WWE's The Edge. No, 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 no. Oh, maybe, maybe, no. maybe is this he's the wrong one. Maybe he's in a later season. This is Vikings that was on the History okay. Channel that was the dramatic thing. Oh, on the History oh Ch- I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of something else. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, man. What a show. Uh, wow, brutal, but uh, an interesting show to say the least. Uh, that's been good, and I'm waiting for all. I guess this weekend the final two episodes of Bosch, uh, the the Bosch continuation is uh, yep. is going to drop tonight. Uh, so well. Go ahead. I've got
5: something for you. Uh I didn't get to slip it in earlier, but I got to tell you now because I knew you're going to be excited. Okay. Here's what you're looking forward to in December: Yellowstone, 1932. No. Oh yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Starring Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford.
3: Damn. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Call, man. That's gonna be good. All right. I knew
5: you'd want to hear that. I knew you'd want to
3: hear that. It's gotta be good. All right, my friend. Well, I look forward to it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Talk to you next week, folks. I mean it. We're out of time. We'll see you on Monday.